today on Amplified Whole Health. I think that it just amazing how how truly closely knit the brain is to to the body i mean uh what was it Deion sanders i said you know you look good you feel good you play good <laughs> welcome to the amplified whole health podcast where personal and organizational health meet I'm your host, Justin Collier, and my goal is to bring you insightful interviews with business owners and leaders from a variety of different industries. We'll be talking about employee development, leadership, company culture, and quality products and services and how they drive success in business. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Well, welcome. I appreciate everybody joining today. Looking forward to our guest today, Dr. Maurice Pearl. Uh, he's with Balkman Chiropractic Clinic. And also something a little unique, I'm joined by the founder of Amplified Whole Health, <laughs> Jen Collier. So pretty excited to have her on as well. And so uh, today we're going to be talking to Dr. Pearl about uh, chiropractic and Normally, I think what's really interesting about the podcast, we focus very heavily on the organizational mm -hmm. side of things. So how does organizational health impact an individual? But with your role <laughs> and what you do, yeah. so much is focused on the individual. Yep. And so I think what we'll probably do is spend a lot of time talking about how an individual's health impacts an organization and what does that look like? So that's, that's kind of the idea. But maybe tell us just a little bit about chiropractic and how you got here. How much time do you have? <laughs> um, so it is relatively old slash newish healthcare profession. I think it was founded. Someone's going to kill me online for this later, 1890, something like that. Okay. Um, it's, there's a lot of stuff happening with it, but basically the basis of it is we focus on holistic health, treating through natural means. For some doctors, it's just, you know, uh, manipulation adjustments. Others are soft tissue. Some focus on nutrition, weight loss. It just kind of goes back to what that doctor, you know, likes and enjoys and is good at. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So yeah. what do you like and enjoy? <laughs> what are you good at? Um, I do a lot of soft tissue work. I do a lot of manipulation. Um, I tend to focus more on movement than anything else. So if someone's not moving well, I'm trying to figure out why they're moving the way they are and correct it, whether that's through an exercise, um, a tweak in the way they're moving, or just simple um, getting that joint locked out and cracking it, making it pop, all that fun stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So can I can I make a confession? Yeah. Okay. So I, I've been to a chiropractor now several times, but years ago yeah. I've never been to one and I thought it was a lot of hocus pocus. <laughs> do you do you hear that from I, patients? Oh, all the, I see it all the time. We're talking about so um <laughs> I'm a member of the American Chiropractic Association. Uh -huh. I'm the ultimate delegate for Arkansas. I'm also a member of a couple of different other groups of all the chiropractic and um one of the big things we've been focusing on honestly forever is trying to move us more into the light, more into the evidence based modality, more into hey, this is what we can do, this is what, how we do it, this is what works. We try to get away from a lot of the woo stuff, you know. <laughs> some people like that, some people want that, but I just can't get behind it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think what was so, uh, I guess, odd for me at the beginning was, it's like, how am I going to lay on a table and somebody's <laughs> going to, like, pop and crack me, and then I'm going to get up and I'm going to feel better. And now I've been, and this has been years ago, yeah. and now I've been, and I tell you, I'm a, I'm a firm believer oh, yeah. in the changes that it can have for you and just the impact on, on your overall health. And so 
Yeah, it's been really good for me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I kind of fell into it on accident. So um, coming out of college, playing football, wanted to be a surgeon, wanted to work medical field, you know, wanted to go that whole route. Um, Shadowed a surgeon for entire summer, basically. Worked with him day in, day out. His life sucked. Uh, (laughs) Great guy, super nice guy, but, you know, he was tired, stressed out, you know, didn't get time with his family and kids, and I didn't want that. Yeah. My wife, who was dating at the time, she was happy to hear that I wanted none of that lifestyle. <laughs> and um, another friend of mine, she happened and talked me into visiting Capricorn College. Her parents taught it. And I just kind of fell in love with kind of the hands-on, they that face-to-face, that personal connection, and you know, all the ones doing that simple, you know, little tweak and fix everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's the difference between chiropractics and physical therapy? Another hard question. So um, there is a physical therapist named Gray Cook. Mm-hmm. He's probably the godfather of movement. Um, it's about every orthopedic physical therapist. Chiropractor has read his book or quotes him nonstop. He says, in the day, you should not be able to tell the difference between a good chiropractor and a good physical therapist. Mm-hmm. So you should be focusing on, you know, movement, soft tissue, um, any other chemical stressors. I should be able, to be able to do all that stuff. So perfect world, nothing. Realistically, just mindset. Mm-hmm. So for me first, I'm coming to the spine first, looking there, and then I'm going to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Physical therapists look more like functional movement, look more of a soft tissue injury, more orthopedically at a patient. So Okay. Yeah. So it's really more like the focus is a yeah. little bit different. But... It's also dependent on, you know, where that PT went to school at. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a school in uh, Pittsburgh, uh, University of Pittsburgh, and they have a great program there. They work hand-in-hand with a lot of PTs, a lot of DOs. Um, there are a lot of DCs as well, so everyone's learning kind of the same stuff, so they all come out being kind of the same doctor. Okay. <laughs> yeah, which works out well for the public, but you know, get some places, it gets really confusing. You know, should I go here? Should I go there? Should I do this? Should I do that? And it's not easy for us sometimes either, too. So. Mm-hmm. And what kind of... Uh, what kind of clients do you have? What kind of clientele do you usually work with? Do you have like special anybody you specialize with? Um, or me personally, I like meatheads. I get along with meatheads well. I know meatheads, um, but really, I like people who are active, I like people who are involved. Whether it's like running, lifting, uh, CrossFit, that kind of stuff, a lot of sports related stuff. Just my background, I know that best. Yeah. Um, other doctors I know work solely pregnant women which, you know, it's a great practice to deal with. Uh, you've had kids yourself. You know how mm-hmm. the body treats you during doing the whole process. Um, Dr. Jarringen, he treats a little bit of everybody. Dr. Alexander, about the same. Dr. Tompkins, she treats a little bit more women, older patients. It just kind of comes down to, um, honestly, who you drive with, mm-hmm. who you know best. Yeah. Okay, and are those all, those are all doctors in your yeah, clinic? Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so there's four doctors in our clinic. Uh, Dr. Tompkins and Dr. Alexander are married. Um and then Dr. Jarring owns the clinic. So they've both, all three of them, been there for uh, about 10 plus years now. And okay. the practice itself has been there for probably 50, honestly. Wow. Been that location for as long as even this town basically remembers. So, yeah. Yeah. So you came out of school, mm-hmm. and how long have you been doing chiropractic at this stage? Um, I graduated 2015, and so I've been out practicing about five years now. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's been fun. <laughs> it's just those first couple of years. So with medical school, you know, you go to medical school, residency, fellowship, all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. Um, chiropractic's a lot less organized. Okay. So basically you do your three and a half, four years of chiropractic school, 
And then basically those first couple of years out in the real world is your residency. You're learning, you know, patient care, business mm. stuff, everything you didn't get in school. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a struggle to remember who you are, where you're at. So my first year, I think um, I was in a practice in Bentonville and uh, it was busy. I mean, I was seeing 50 plus a day pretty easily, wow. doing a lot of different stuff that I never planned on doing my entire life. And got good at it but now i'm just like okay i don't want to do it anymore so i want to focus so i want to do now this is where i'm at i'm happy now nice okay great well as you think a little bit about maybe the practice that you're in uh, and that you work at Mm -hmm. today how does uh, that clinic help and encourage you from an employee development standpoint what what processes do you go through to continue to learn and and study Um, it's interesting because it's a small clinic. So literally it's just those four doctors yeah. and then we have two front desk employees. Yeah. So that's literally it. Yeah. So everyone has to, you know, be on the same page, learning from each other nonstop, constantly how each of us work. Because the way I approach a patient situation is different than the way Dr. Alexander will, mm-hmm. the way Dr. Jarring does. And for the employees having to learn, you know, how we like to work, how we like to go about things systematically to just us knowing how they respond to stuff to as well. So I know this kind of patient, I'm not gonna put with her because they won't get along at all. It's gonna be a bad situation for her um, and then vice versa. So I also, earlier, work in a um, occupational medicine clinic. So do a lot of drug testing, um, DOT physicals, that kind of thing. And that's a whole other environment from a uh, healthcare standpoint. There's more focused on um, getting people employed and jobs and them working and stuff like that. So. Way that's organized is you know night and day different <laughs> from uh, the way the clinic's organized. So over there, it's basically everything runs through the front desk employee. She is you know in charge of everything. Over on the clinic side, doctors tend to run the show a bit more. So going back between those two can get kind of confusing, but it works out pretty well. Okay, yeah. got it. So you learn from one another uh, as far as like you like how do you communicate with each other to say hey you know uh, I've got a new patient or, or someone that I need to transfer over to you or what's that process to kind of just open up the door for communication? Uh, between the doctors, it's literally popping into one of their offices when they're actually sitting down at the desk and like saying <laughs> Which probably doesn't get to happen. It doesn't. Much. There's been a, few, a lot of times where I'm trying to track down Dr. Jarring in the office and he's running back and forth and so am I. So I need to talk to him at eight fifteen. I don't see him till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but literally, it's just kind of tracking that person down and saying, here's what's going on. Here's what I need help with. Can you help me out with this? Yeah. And drawing time is, you know, yes, let's do it this way. Okay, let's go. Kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. How about with your, your clients? Do you find yourself doing a lot of, like, coaching with them and working on things more than just the physical aspects of stuff? What do you, what do you wind up talking yeah. to them about? So there is... Um, and there's a whole, I mean, book of knowledge on just how to deal with patients, clients, etc. Um, for some, it's as simple as just laying them down, adjusting them, and up the door five minutes. Mm-hmm. For others, it's kind of just protracted. We're talking about chronic pain, talking about how this movement makes her, him or her feel, talking about, you know, what's good about this, talking about, hey, I had this happen good for me yesterday. How can I repeat that over and over and over again, get success? So it's going to be dependent on each and every patient. Mm-hmm. You know, some, like I said, you're in and out five minutes. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, 30-minute session mm-hmm. with them. And it's just, you never know what you're going to get when your patient comes in the door. 
So how do you, how do you hone your skills when you're working with patients? I mean, is that something that you talk about in schooling? Is it something just as you're... Not enough. No? <laughs> no not at all. So all. All the schools out there, this might be something you want to be bringing up more on. So the schools, they do a, a great job, as good as they can. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my class, I had a big class at Logan University. We had 150-ish in our mm-hmm. class. So they're having to teach us, you know, page communication 150 times in a row, basically. Um, so you get kind of that standardized patient. They tell you X, Y, and Z. You respond A, B, C. You get an A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Real world, that that's not how things work at all. And you basically get smacked in the face your first year. <laughs> so <laughs> you say all the wrong stuff. You screw up. You jumble your words. You trip up yourself. And you just you know fail, fail, fail till you get it right. <laughs> and but there's all kinds of books out there. All kinds of training you can do. Um, Motivational interviewing is a big one I've mm-hmm. been getting more and more into. Um, it's a book called Game Changers. You read that one yet? Mm-mm. So John Bernandi, he's a weight loss and a life coach. And basically his book is more about getting into that career field. But uh, he kind of goes over, you know, talking with clients, breaking down how to communicate with them, that kind of thing. Um, it's, a, it's a way of uh, marketing called Story Brand, which is about uh, taking your patient, client, whoever you're working with, from beginning of their story to the end. And basically along the way, you're guiding them through that, making them to hear their own story. Um, so stuff like that's kind of helped me a lot, a lot of ways of getting better at that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, because um, you know that there's the, the health and wellness coaching that they're doing, mm-hmm. that this is a new thing within the past few years. <laughs> yeah. that they've got this exam, right, yeah. to, to work hand in hand with with professional yeah. you know, with doctors and and so what is your thought on that do you feel like that there's an, a need for that in the yeah. medical community right now there is a need for it, like an insanely amount so my problem is is realistically insurance won't pay for that kind of stuff for, for me mm-hmm. so i could spend you know 30 minutes talking to this patient about all these issues and get paid the same less than five minutes mm-hmm. which you know is my opinion not right it incentivizes doctors to spend less time effort with patients Mm -hmm. most patients dealing with any kind of chronic health issue need more coaching need more help need more guidance than just that five minutes here take this do this bye see you later kind Mm -hmm. of thing and if we fail our patients a lot we don't give those opportunities to to win at least Mm -hmm. and honestly like coaches like you you make my life so much easier (laughs) (laughs) um it really does it this makes things a lot smoother i mean even just working with like a personal trainer or a, mm-hmm. um, a yoga teacher before, before, it can change the patient's outlook on a lot of stuff, which makes, you know, the treatment go a lot easier, which makes, you know, coaching them through the next step a lot easier. Um, that whole team environment is just the best way to go about through healthcare. Yeah, yeah. just coming together as a team to really figure out how yeah. do you best serve your patients oh, yeah. and, and work together instead yeah. of against each other. I mean, you look at, you know, I'm a big football guy. NFL, the way they're organized, I mean, they have multiple chiropractors, physical therapists, nutrition coaches, uh, strength coaches, athletic trainers, and it's literally a big, giant circle. They all work together, you know, all the time, and they get these guys the best possible care. Yeah. It's, care should still be happening to everyday Joes. I mean, there's just no reason why it shouldn't. And we're starting to see more and more of it now. I think the VA is getting more into that now, which is mm-hmm. nice to see. It's more holistically based health. Um, you've seen some hospitals go that way too. Um, it's just slow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just slow. I mean, sad, sad thing is, you know, it comes down to money. And 
people don't yet see the value in that kind of thing added to you know their practice or their business, mm-hmm. which they should. Because do you feel like that the people don't like like individuals, or do you feel like maybe the the business owners don't yet see the value in that, or maybe it's a mixture of both? I think it's both. I mean, most patients, you know, after spending a little bit of time thinking about going over it, working with it, they realize this is a better option. Um, business owners, you know, we raised in this world to expect you know quick turnaround or something we pay five dollars for it and you want to see ten dollars back right away um but you know that kind of coaching that kind of you know help it's going to pay off dividends 15 years from now kind of thing where it's going to be so-and-so telling their grandkids that this doctor this therapist this coach helped me out this you should go to them too as well kind of thing um and it just ends up being a win for your patient your client more than anything else and that builds business more than anything else I think it's really interesting because, at least my perspective is, is, is that so much of being a, a doctor mm-hmm. in the medical field is about building relationships. It is, um, but like I was saying earlier, I mean, you're incentivized so much nowadays to spend less and less time with your patients. Yeah. Um, it's just one of the things that frustrates me by insurance is I want to spend you know an hour with the patient every single time. I want to work on every single little thing, but. Um, when I get a chance to work with a private team with someone, I absolutely love it. Things go so much smoother. There's a couple of doctors here in town that I refer back and forth with because they work well as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, I can send a patient there with this. They'll report back to me with this. Patient's back in my office three days later. You know, we have a huge game plan ready to go, and they get better. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. So now I have a question for you. So we, we gave you an activity to yeah. do. Okay. So for those who are listening who haven't seen our website, we talk about um, health as being kind of like a house. And so you have this foundation, which is your the worldview or your faith, and that's kind of what we what you believe, how you see the the world. Yeah. And then around that you build like the walls. And so there's a wall of nutrition based on, you know, whole quality foods, a, a wall that's based on your physical health and yeah. your functional movement, a wall that's based on lifestyle and the rhythms of life, a wall that's based on your your mental um, patterns, your attitudes, your mm-hmm. emotions, and then the roof is like loving yourself and loving others. And so we gave you an, an assessment, yeah. an activity to kind of process through. So I was just curious, what did you learn about yourself? Um, I can see how doing something like this, you know, every you know six to nine months would be really helpful for me. I probably should do it more often. <laughs> Because I've seen little things that, you know, I need to work a little more on. I mean, we all know 2020 has been one of the greatest years ever. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing some of that in this. And I really am. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing. And it's things I've had issues with before in the past where I needed to work on a little bit more to be a little better rounded person. But, yeah, I'm glad I did it because helped out a lot <laughs> yeah. yeah so what did what did you see what were you the most successful in what do you think when you look at it where you're like oh i felt really good that i i'm glad that i know that i'm really working on this for my health and wellness um the physical stuff uh-huh. so for me that's always been um i won't say easy but it's always been a habit since day one um that came from a college football background so i've been in a weight room since i was 15 years old so getting in that staying that making that part of my normal routine I feel great about I know I can I will always dedicate you know an hour or so a day at least to that as needed um nutrition it's getting better <laughs> uh, like I said 2020 has been a weird rocky year and my nutrition took a big nosedive again this year you know getting the whole COVID-19 pounds and everything like that um but I get that back down 
And then, uh, I think those are probably my two strongest ones, I think, honestly. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are, that's really good. Yeah. Thank you. Exciting. Good to yeah. know that you're doing that. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people struggle, especially with nutrition. And like you're saying now with COVID, yeah. it's hard to get all your physical activity in and mm-hmm. be actually paying attention to what you're eating. So. And it's, it's little bitty habits that I picked up over the years. Like I had a professor who literally tell you, if you can go shopping in the grocery store, don't go down any aisles. Just walk around the edge, go through the produce, meat, dairy, and then walk out the door. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, doing that's made you know the nutrition part a whole lot easier. On top of that, my wife's a vegetarian, so we're able. To, well, I'm forced to eat more vegetables, <laughs> which is a good thing though too, because I get lazy. I you know I like burgers and hot dogs and pizza. I eat that all day if I could, but she doesn't, so I don't as much either. Yeah. So it works out pretty well. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of little things I see. I need you know get better at still, but. I'm happy. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. So tell me, what what would you like to see more of in your life when, it, when you think about your personal health? Um, the mind stuff. Yeah. I've noticed that tends to be an issue with me. Um, actually talking to a colleague today about that, how some some weeks it's you know, day-to-day sometimes. I'm feeling great today. M- mentally, I'm strong. Emotionally, I'm feeling solid. Other days, I'm a little rocky, you know, just going with the flow. I think, you know, getting more stable, more level, um, would benefit me a lot more in the long run. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I guess a good question for Jen is mm-hmm. what what would you typically recommend to someone who's trying to improve the mind element of their you know emotional uh, thought patterns and well being? What would you maybe recommend to someone? Well, there's all kinds of things that people can do, and so really it's mm-hmm. what's what's interesting to them. Um, but I think that there's um, ideas like gratitude journals. Mm-hmm. Um, and taking time every morning to really plan out the day. I think that um, a lot of people find success by saying, this is the one thing I'm going to do today. And if there's just one thing I do and I get this done at the end of the day, they can say, hey, you know what? I actually achieved something. And so there's this this self-efficacy or confidence that's built by realizing like, hey, I met a goal every single day and and building up in that. So that's those are some ideas. Yeah, that's one thing I definitely got out of, um, you know, beginning of everything. My business coach had all of us, you know, writing gratitude journals every single day, first thing in the morning, three things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during those first couple of weeks of, you know, lockdown, shutdown, whatever you want to call it, then, you know, that did help me out a lot. And, you know, I got out of it, got busy, you know, got focused on other things. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's when things started dipping mm-hmm. off a little bit. Yeah. So those daily habits, right? Yeah, really <laughs> we could just do them every and day. It's so, yeah, it's so hard and challenging, mm-hmm. I think, for all of us, right? I mean, you know, you were talking about this idea of heart, mind, soul, and strength and this foundation and, and the wheel. And really, for those that are listening, this idea of a wheel, and you can kind of map out where you're at on the wheel. And if you draw a circle, then, mm-hmm. you know, like how wheelish is your wheel? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think for many of us, it's always changing, mm-hmm. right? And we get better in one area and then maybe get worse in, a, in another area. And I think what's important for people to remember is, is that it's uh, life is a journey and it's a process. Yeah. And, and we all have ups and downs and uh, good times and bad times, yeah. and and it's okay. Yeah, and that's also encouraging. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to change. Yeah, otherwise we don't grow, we don't get better. I mean, getting bad at something is a good thing because I mean, you get to work on it and get better at it later yeah. on. I mean, that's why I love CrossFit because I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep working on those little things. I'm really bad at. Like I hate running. I'm a horrible runner, and we've been running a lot lately, and it's showing. I'm getting faster. You know, cardio is getting better. But uh, yeah, yeah, keep working on that. Well, I'd like to come back to maybe uh, your clients yeah. and uh, where chiropractic 
for them impacts their personal lives, mm -hmm. which then ultimately impacts what it is that they do for a living from a career perspective, et cetera. So maybe let's just start with, with that. So um, for a lot of patients, the way I start off the first time I meet them is uh, with a functional goal. Um, basically, you know, I want to pick up my kid, I want to walk down the stairs, you know, I'll be able to sit at my desk for 30 minutes without pain. Um, and going off those kind of goals kind of sets the stage for everything else going forward. So one patient I had a couple years ago, uh, her issue was she couldn't kneel to pray at church. Hmm. And so getting up and down on the pews was painful for her. She hated going to church and started affecting the rest of her life. Um, so for her, getting her better, improving her health wasn't so much as, you know, get rid of the pain. It was getting her stable, get up and down off the ground repeatedly in a couple hours. Yeah. And, you know, for her, that was her win. And if she could get, the, get that milestone, she was happy, she was good, she was done. And, you know, she enjoyed life again. It's something like that, yeah. Yeah. So as, as you're working with a, a client and they come in, you know, well, I had, a, I had somebody on here yeah. who was uh, responsible for risk management and who, they, like workman's comp, yeah. right? So I'm sure that you probably see yeah. some patients like that that, yeah, have, that, have been, yeah. that have been injured on the mm -hmm. job maybe. And so now they're unable to work effectively and they're in pain and discomfort and and when we're when you're uncomfortable, it ruins. I don't say ruins, maybe a bit strong, but I guess it's. I mean, I guess it's possible. It ruins or makes your life very difficult in all elements oh, yeah. of your life. I mean, pain, chronic pain, is one of the biggest um, reasons for depression. Um, people who don't feel good, don't aren't moving well, they tend to be more likely depressed. Um, still don't know exactly why, but basically it's one of those things that, you know, you feel good physically, you tend to feel good mentally. So just getting them feeling better about the way their body feels is just step number one. Um, for like the, your uh, workman's comp kind of patients, a lot of them, you know, that tends to be that those acute injuries, those tend to bounce back a whole lot faster. They're easy to deal with, you know, you know, a few sessions, they tend to be back pretty quickly. It's those, you know, a little bit more longer term ones, you start to have issues with the way they're moving. So someone injures their neck at work, lifting a box, something like that. Then tend to start to have trouble picking up their arm over their head, which makes, you know, typing a computer a little bit harder, reaching, grab the thing off the shelf a little bit harder, which makes their day that much harder. Yeah. So now when they go to the grocery store, yeah, <laughs> it's hard for them to reach up and grab Yeah, And then they start, cereal getting, start and... getting grouchier and they start, you know, complaining more about this and that, this and that. But once you start focusing on, hey, get that shoulder moving, strengthen those muscles, get that motion corrected. Um, those little issues become a lot less important. Hmm. Yeah. And that really starts to affect like business productivity yeah. too. When people are in pain or they're there when they're hurting, when they're depressed, when they've got that going on, that really can affect productivity versus when they're feeling good. So, uh, my school, they did a big study with uh, Boeing in St. Louis. Uh, so they were going in, um, for a couple of times a week for a couple of years and basically, you know, interviewing the factory workers, asking, you know, how they felt, you know, um, then going to look at productivity. So they were able to see when people were feeling better, they were more productive, they had less issues at work, you know, less mistakes. When people were feeling worse, things went downhill. <laughs> so it tends to be, because matter of fact, where if your employees are health, healthy and happy, you have a great company. Interesting. So people were actually making more mistakes because they were not feeling well. I mean, you're not focused. Think about it. If you're yeah. thinking about your knee being sore, or the headache you have, or the crick in your neck, you don't care as much. I mean, 
I'm the same way. If I have a, my knee sore, I'm, I don't care about the little things. I mean, yeah. I, I won't sign something the right, right, right way. I'll miss it, uh, you know, a bubble on a form, that kind of thing. Um, there are a few companies that have, you know, realized, you know, that healthy, happy employees equals more money. Okay. And they are doing great. So there's one up in Wisconsin called Standard Process. It makes supplements, you know, a lot of whole food nutrition type stuff. Um, voted like number one uh, out of all the small businesses in the, in the state as best place to work. You know, they provide all their employees organic food, free uh, supplements nutrition, you know, um, personal trainer, nutrition coaching, free chiropractic, physical therapy, massage, even free daycare. And so you're meeting all these employees' needs, you know, mm. without spending a whole lot of money, and they're able to work harder. They like being there at work. They're happy to be there. They're proud to be there. Mm-hmm. And it ends up being a better product in the long run. I think when you, know, you mentioned this idea of you don't care as much, and, and it's really, I, I believe, you just lose your ability to focus. It's mm-hmm. not that you don't care. You're not trying to, to do <laughs> yeah, bad, yeah, right? You're, you're just... You're distracted, yeah, and you're focused on the discomfort, and that makes it very challenging to mm-hmm. perform at a high level. I mean, coming back to the NFL, yeah. why do they have all of the staff? Exactly. So people can perform at an extremely high level day after day after day. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a simple thing we think about like that. It's just hard to get past, you know, those barriers of have to hire this person have to hire that person x y and z but you really are seeing it more and more like arc best and abf they're doing great things for employee health i know i'm seeing talking to their employees they have on-site health care there at the offices they're getting off you know if they need to go to the doctor or whatever two hours no questions asked go get this taken care of they have on-site gyms and i haven't met one person there that hates being there they're proud to work there they do a great job and the company's growing every day because of it hmm. That's a good, that's a good word. I yeah. think. Yeah, that is a good word. Yeah. So what do you think when you, as you're encountering your patients mm-hmm. and you're, uh, you know, through this conversation, wh- what do you wish patients were focusing, focusing more on? Like when it comes to when they're, when they're coming in the door, what do they need to be working on in their lives when it comes to this health? Taking wheel? more time for themselves. Okay. Um, they get busy, they work a lot, they have kids, they have family, they get all the responsibilities, but I tend to see more health issues when people spend less time focusing on themselves. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even be a lot either, you know, it could be that 10 minute walk in the afternoon, you know, the extra five minutes at lunch doing this, that 20 minutes in the morning reading the Bible, just something to focus on your own health, your own wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it doesn't even be a whole, you know, ordeal, whole long thing, just, mm-hmm. you know, be there, be your number one advocate. Okay. Yeah. So what do you say in response? Because I hear this and you may hear this. Like, what do you hear in response to? But yeah, I don't want to take time away from my family. <laughs> That's not being responsible. What would your, what do you say back to that? Can't meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. So if you go with them, tell them everything they're doing is wrong and then you do this instead, they're going to shut that door in your face. Mm-hmm. And they may stick around for a little bit, but they won't get very far. Mm-hmm. Um, finding that sweet area where it's a win for them um mm-hmm. so instead of saying you know sally i need you to go home walk 30 minutes every single day for the next two weeks straight at least mm-hmm. she says no i got this this and this and this okay can you give me two days a week walk for 15 minutes yeah okay great do that mm-hmm. and then we repeat the process over and over again until we slowly start building up that time we get a little bit more a little bit more or we find other opportunities for her to focus on herself mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, that's what I, I find too when I talk to people is just with remembrance. It's like, hey, when you're investing yeah. in yourself, you're investing in other people too yeah. because you're more pleasant to be with. You're exactly. you're feeling better, just kind of like the productivity of with a business. You're also more productive with relationships that yeah. you're you're engaged and you're relaxed and you're pleasant. <laughs> and in that, uh, that book, Game Changers, it talks about how you can't give 100% of yourself to something all the time. Yeah. I mean, so if you're not feeling great, part of your mind's going to be you know, on that, you know, focus on, hey, I feel kind of crappy, I feel kind of tired, I'm sick, you know, I'll play with my kids a little bit later kind mm-hmm. of thing. So if you can focus on those little things, you're able to devote more energy to what you really want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. And I know it's something that I've been personally working yeah. on over the last probably several months is just taking that personal time. For me, it's in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, and for me, there's a, a spiritual component. There's also just a planning my day component yeah. of like what accomplishments do I want to get done? Uh, what am I thankful for? Mm-hmm. Like you said, the gratitude journal, I've been working on that. Consistency's still, you know, yeah. still getting there. But I've found that it has made a huge difference in not just my attitude, but in the attitude of others within my family. Yeah. I mean, like attracts like. If we see someone, you know, doing the right things, you know, um, living life the right way, we want to be a part of that. We want to, you know, emulate that in the day. That's why, you know, in front of your kids, you eat that broccoli, eat those green beans too, because they want to eat it too, honestly. It's just one of those little things where, you know, if we want, to see a certain reaction, we want to see a certain activity, we want to see a certain attitude, we have to have it ourselves. If we don't have it ourselves, we're never going to get there out of the people. Yeah. I think that's really good um, and a great example, right? It's, it's all about modeling in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so how do you transfer maybe that statement into modeling for your clients? I mean, I... We'll talk about, you know, going to work out. We'll talk about my diet and lifestyle kind of stuff with them. Um, I get a lot of people wanting to lose weight. You know, everyone wants to lose weight. And they ask, you know, you're a a leaner guy. What do you do? And it's like, you know, I do X, Y, and Z. But honestly, I don't have a lot of time. So there's many times where I'll I'll go do this instead. And it may be something simple like going to clean cooking, picking up five, six meals, keep them in the freezer. Mm -hmm. And that right there, you know, meets that small calorie lunch. I'm not eating a whole lot. It's healthy food. And for a lot of people, that's an easy thing for them to do. Um, Talk about how I, you know, make time in the morning to work out for myself at least an hour every single morning. And that tends to, you know, make me realize, well, I have an extra 30 minutes here. I can go walk around the park, you know, on lunch break. Um, Just letting them know that it's okay to do that kind of stuff. And you're an early bird. Yeah. <laughs> you get up and you hit the gym pretty early. Yeah, I'm a crazy person about that. Uh, but that's one of those things that's been a part of my daily habits. So since, like I said, 15 years old, I've been working out that early in the morning every single day. Yeah. And so it's just kind of my, my natural you know, mode. Get up in the morning, go do something physical, and then go and rest your day. I really like what you said, though, and uh, coming back to your example mm-hmm. about meeting people where they are. Is, is anybody who's listening and thinks, well, I got to get up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym kind of thing. Like, that's not the truth, right? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, like I said, I'm a crazy person. I enjoy being up that early. I like seeing the sunrise. Um, my wife, never going to happen. Like, <laughs> she gets up, take my, my daughter to school about 730. Yeah. And that's what it works for her. So for her, her, you know, exercise comes, drops my daughter off. She takes my son to therapy. And afterwards, they, they go to the gym. They go walk in, go do something physical. Yeah. Um, it's all about just finding you know, that time to do something for yourself throughout the day. I mean, 
for some people, and maybe that 20 minutes on the way home, stopping by the gym, walking around the park, walk the dog in the afternoon, just uh, as long as you find something. I have to ask a question. Yeah. So as a chiropractor, yeah. what do you think is the like ideal exercise for people? I mean, cause obviously there's not, it's like, you know, the, yeah. the adage, like any exercise that you'll do is the best exercise for you. But what do you, what do you think from when it comes to actual, like, um, keeping your body pliable and mobile and healthy so for aging? I like to deadlift because it is something we do every single day in various forms, whether it's mm-hmm. picking up our backpack, you know, picking up the dog, picking up the kid, mm-hmm. we're going to bend over and lift something. Okay. I think making our bodies as strong and as stable doing that as possible um, will pay off in the long run. But there's so many ways that you could train that movement exercise that, I mean, it's literally endless. I mean, you can do the suitcase deadlift, single-sided goblet deadlift. I mean, million ways to do it, go, go about it. It's just one of those things that I think everyone should know how to hip hinge better. Yeah. Yeah, which will make my life a whole lot easier as a chiropractor. <laughs> um, and then other than that, though, um, probably the squat. I mean, we all get up and down every single day. And then something at the cardio base. I mean, our hearts always need more exercise. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't get enough anymore. So, so if you, so if people were to find that stability from the deadlifts and the squats yeah. and and being able, to, I mean, do you think that would help people from falling over more? With oh, for sure. Um, there was a study I read um, down in I think it was Brazil, where basically they followed these people from like forty-five to sixty. They found out the people who moved better, who were stronger at forty-five. Or more likely, they lived to be 60. And basically came down to those people were also exercising. They were lifting more. They were eating better. They were doing all these little things right, you know, at the very beginning, which paid off, you know, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like anything. Um, you ever read the book, Atomic, Atomic Habits? Mm-mm. It's another great um, kind of mindset book. Mm-hmm. Basically, it talks about how making 1% change um, day after day after day, year after year after year, is going to accumulate to a huge change down the line. You know, his uh, example was the airplane veers off one degree from takeoff, and then instead of ending up in L.A., you're now in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just compounding those little bitty movements, little bitty habits will be best for that patient. Yeah, will pay off yeah. in the long run. Yeah. yeah, I'm reading a book called The Compound Effect, mm-hmm. and it's exactly that yeah. principle, which is that little small things yeah. done consistently pay off big over time. Yeah, and like as a doctor, as someone who's active, I, I, I suck at it sometimes. I mean, I know better, but I still you know suck at it. I want to take the big bite of something. You know, when my diet fell apart earlier this year, I wanted you know, to throw out all the junk food. I wanted to uh, buy nothing but salad, vegetables, you know, fresh fruits, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, realistically, I could do that, but I was going to fail doing that. So by, you know, dialing back and saying, hey, let's just focus on eating three solid meals a day. Yeah. Okay, let's add more vegetables to each of these meals. Okay, let's add a lean protein to each of these meals instead. And, you know, over three to six months that became, you know, I'm meal prepping again almost every single meal now. And my diet has cleaned up, you know, a lot since that day. And it's okay to give yourself grace to say, I don't have to jump into the deep no. end of the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect either. I mean, unless you're trying to be, you know, that, you know, Olympic athlete, that, you know, fitness model, that's someone who has to be at the top of their game all the time, you don't need to be perfect. I mean, 80% gets you there. It's passing great in school. So suit for 80% of the day. Give yourself time to you know, enjoy life, you know, enjoy something, space to mess up. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, you're going to mess up. It's going to happen. It's just how you respond to it at the end of the day. Yeah, don't tell my children that 80% is acceptable. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, I know a few, I have a few friends, you know, who are MDs, and they talk about their grades coming out of undergrad, and they weren't great grades, but they still got into med school. They still are doctors now. Um, they realize, you know, that some of that stressing they had when they were in undergrad, not worth it at all. They just, you know, getting themselves ulcers for no reason at all. Yeah. It's just one of those things where you have to understand that, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be the greatest greatest at everything. As long as I keep working at it and trying hard, I'll eventually get there. This may not be on my own timeline, but it's going to happen. Finding balance. And I think that that's really a great kind of transition back to this house model that we're talking about, right? It's like you don't want some of your walls higher than other walls. You want all your walls the same height. You want to have a a solid foundation and everything to be kind of plumb and level. And and so it is about balance. Yeah, when that storm comes in, it's going to knock down the imbalance house every single time. If all your walls are strong and stable, even if they are on your assessment, that four (laughs) out of ten kind of thing. That's okay. Yeah, you still might win. (laughs) I mean, it may not be a great win, but it'll still be here tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess as we as we kind of tie up or wrap mm-hmm. up, when you think about everything you've learned from a chiropractic yeah. perspective, what has been the biggest impact on you personally that you've learned, whether that's from school or being out in, in the actual field and practicing with people? When I started looking at chronic pain differently, differently um, it's changed some since I got out of school, but you know, traditionally pain's looked at as a purely mechanical issue. Their back's not moving, adjust it, it moves better, it's still not moving. Okay, go see the physiotherapist for an injection, still not feeling great, talk to the surgeon, that kind of thing. But in reality, pain's such a complex process. There's, so, there's a mental component, a biological component, a physical component that if you aren't able to address and fully realize all those parts of it, you're going to fail. Patients are going to fail. They're going to, you know, be stuck with a lifelong pain. Um, there are some patients who, you know, just need to be told, hey, I'm not fragile. It's safe to move. It's safe to do to do this. Mm. And just hearing that, they're more likely to get out of pain. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So actually some of the, some people actually feel like they are maybe a little fragile. Like, hey, uh, I, mean, what, yeah. I could hurt myself again. <laughs> yeah. Or... I mean, it's so evolutionary our b- brain it's protective you know i stepped off that the edge of that that uh, hillside and i stepped in some thorns hurt a lot i'm not going to do it again so i'm going to block that spot from <laughs> from happening again um but you know in 2020 we work at desk we sit around a lot we do not a lot most of the time um so if we get hurt our brains go look at it say hey the activity caused pain you can't do anything close to that ever again don't do it. It's going to hurt. Yeah. And it kind of gets in that kind of recurring thing. I haven't been over in two years. So if I've been over, it's going to hurt. Now I've been over, it's actually it's going to hurt because I haven't used those muscles in a long time. So this whole, this, this you know, horrible cycle of, you know, this dread and uh, dread and this, uh, I don't know what we want to say, uh, getting out of shape essentially. But uh, yeah. uh, this kind of leads to this longer term chronic pain where at this point there may not be anything structural going on. It's just all neurological. So giving people permission to go back to being people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay to move. It's okay to be active. It's okay to, it's okay to feel pain. Um, 
there's a physical therapist I really love following. Her name's Annie O'Connor. Um, she is one of the best clinicians dealing with chronic pain I've ever seen. I've seen some of her sessions like, on video. It's just amazing. But she has this whole red light, green light system, essentially. It's like a stoplight. So talks about if you're feeling this, it's a red light, you stop that entirely. If you're you know, feeling this, it's a yellow light, go cautiously. If you're feeling this, it's a green light, go full speed. Yeah. And a few patients have gotten that kind of um, discussion talking to. It's kind of changed the way they think about activity now. So they may not be you know, going back to the gym, but now they're not afraid to bend over anymore. And, you know, slowly over time, I'm hoping that turns into, hey, I'm not afraid to pick up my kids. Hey, I'm not afraid to go for a walk. Hey, I'm not afraid to go pick up that weight kind of thing. Um, it's not as simple as cut and dry in school as you thought it was going to be. I mean, they tell you in school, you know, 12 visits max, they're fixed. <laughs> you know, uh, you do this one thing over five minutes, you're great. You don't need anything else. But in reality, some patients may be, you may be with them for a couple years working on something. Others, it may be, you know, a few weeks. Just kind of depends on what they're going through. Yeah. yeah. It's about the whole person. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I was about to say. It's about the whole person. And it's, it's health as a whole. As a whole. Yeah. It's not just the one element. You can't break people down into just one part. It's just, it's also, it's nice seeing that that's being more and more addressed, more yeah. and more. I've been out, I mean, the last clinic I was at, I told you I was busy seeing 50 plus a day, but we also had a physical therapist on staff, a nurse on staff. We did a lot of nutrition weight loss too. So, that patient's coming in to see me. They're seeing the physical therapist at the same time, nurse same time. So we're addressing all these problems at one time, which makes them get better so much quicker and easier. Yeah. Um, and you're able to like actually address every issue someone has. It, I mean, it's a whole lot simpler. Yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. I mean, you're even starting to see at the VA now. They're starting to integrate, you know, counseling, acupuncture, chiropractic, nutrition into these vets with chronic PTSD issues, and. They're getting a whole lot better at getting out those painkillers, um, supporting being happier. It's just, I mean, it's great to see. It really is. I just wish we wouldn't be able to see this years ago. Yeah. Well, I actually think it's so interesting, too, as you're talking. I mean, like, you've been talking about emotions. Like yeah. Such strong emotions tied to the body. And I think that it's just amazing how, how truly closely knit the brain is to, to the body. I mean, uh, what was it? Deion Sanders, I said, you know, you look good, you feel good, you play good kind of thing. I mean, it's, people have been saying some of this stuff in one form or another for years, whether they've been doctors, therapists, athletes, coaches, you know, but it's never really been addressed thought about putting into practice till probably the last 10, 15 years. And you're starting to see it pay off them long run now. I mean, seeing a lot of hospitals investing more in this kind of holistic health. A lot of smaller clinics are doing it now, too. We're seeing more and more coaches like yourself pop up, which I love seeing. This is the potential for, you know, making great changes to our health over the next 10 years is huge. Yeah. I hope this trend keeps going. I really do. Yeah. It looks like it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, I am so grateful that you took the time to come on the show and, and to talk about chiropractics and, and people and individuals and, and, and how you're helping people in the community to, to grow and to heal and, and to get back to living life. Yeah. And so it's really awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, and I guess, uh, well, you can go see Dr. Pearl yeah. uh, at, at Balkman chiropractic clinic mm -hmm. so you can go check him out and uh i know the the clinics on facebook obviously yep. you're on facebook so they could probably facebook instagram you. just message me call me um <laughs> but yeah 
good thing about my practice I love is there's four different doctors there, four different personalities. We have someone that could help anyone in a day. And that's all the only thing I care about, honestly, is people getting better, getting healthy, getting happier. So Yeah, getting back to living life. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Jen, as well, for coming hey, on and for offering me. <laughs> a unique perspective from a health perspective. Uh, I, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's just nice to to see things from a different angle. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's true. I appreciate that. Well, thanks again. Take care. And, Thank you. Uh, we'll see you next time. I'm grateful you chose to listen. Please help us out by following, liking, or subscribing to our content at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Take care and have a blessed day.